trending news right now. So today we speak to Katlego Siluadi, social commentator, looking at what's happened in social media in the past 24 hours. Good morning, Katlego. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, uh, Asanda. Thank you for having me on the show this morning. And happy news day to every South African listening at the moment. Thank you so much. Eh? Let's let's go straight to it. Talking hashtag Blade in Zimande, Minister of Higher Education and Training uh, has expressed concern about the effect of COVID-19 on first-year students. So there was a study that was done on the impact of this virus on young people and students. Quite a few things came up. Sure, 100%. Um, so basically, the uh, HRC, HSRC, sorry, um, uh, conducted a study on the impact of COVID on um, young people, and they just found that, um, you know, 13, uh, the study was conducted on 13,000 students, mm-hmm. and 41% of the students were unable to buy their own food during the period of lockdown. And 15% of that 13,000 went hungry on some days. And I think that just speaks to, you know, how, how, how rife COVID uh, uh, has been on, on, on students and young people. Um, if we look at only 38% of TVET college students um, had access to virtual education, um, you know, how are we supposed to uh, further uh, and, and, and encourage our students to, to thrive uh, in, the, in the academic space when, um, you know, they don't have uh, access to educational content that will help them further their studies? And as you say, the, the 38% there was focused on the 18 to 19-year-olds who One. also reported mm-hmm. some severe psychological distress. So this is around first-year students. Because they are, I mean, the ones who are also just adjusting, coming from high school to now get into university, do you think that also exacerbates things? I think so, 100%. I mean, 65% of them were reported to have suffered mild to severe distress. And if we just think about people who have um, or just, you know, the first-year students, who some of them have lost um, their loved ones, you know, during the COVID period, and how that weighs on them psychologically. Um, if you think about the, the uncertainty um, of whether they'll be able to graduate, I think, um, you know, the minister rightfully put it that, um, you know, students may have to just undergo through uh, psychological um, assistance and support from their universities. And um, um, the Cape Peninsula University of Technology uh, in particular has done, you know, an incredible job at just um, um, just providing that facility um, for, for, for their students. 53% thinking that they are at low risk of contracting the virus, according to the study. What do you think of that one? Because uh, at this stage, COVID numbers are rising. Students are not really safe. Why is 53% thinking that they are at low risk? Yeah, and I, and I think it has a lot to do with, you know, um, we're being told to sanitize, to stay at home, to, you know, um, work from home, to study from home. But, um, you know, on weekends, we know that uh, young people get out there and, you know, sort of live their best life and that puts them at risk. So there is a bit of that complacency. And I and I definitely think that it also just comes from fatigue. You know, yeah. um, it has been over just like a year of uncertainty, a year of uh, distress, a, a year of stress, not knowing what the future is going to look like. So, 
Yeah. Uh, uh, the minister is Monday saying that uh, there will be a 24-hour toll-free helpline and psychological or psychosocial support which will be given to students. How should we encourage students to come forward and make use of this? I think that, um, for one, you know, the department can put out uh, information out there and just um, uh, sort of reassure, you know, students that they're not on their own through this journey. I think that, you know, it was reported that 51% of uh, students during the COVID period haven't been able to access the the university institutions, you know, and that makes them feel like they're on their own and, you know, the government is not doing anything. So just that reassurance, that communication on social media platforms, reaching out to students where they communicate um, to let them know that they are um, helping uh, you know, toll lines uh, from the institutions that will help them, you know, through this period. Yeah, now let's hope that things change and the picture becomes a bit less gloomy. I know we're still in the middle of the pandemic. There are struggles, but uh, we shouldn't be, you know, hearing of even things like internet connectivity and access to devices and, mm-hmm. and data and study materials being an issue. Imagine, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you're still adjusting to your life and now you are struggling to get food on top of that. And then there's access to transport, medical care. It's a lot. It's it's really a lot for our young people. Let's talk hashtag Zandile Kumete now. Uh, the NPA ad, um, racketeering charges and makes the second accused number one. So there's an amended amended indictment of former Etegwini Mayor Zandile yeah. Kumete and her 21 co-accused. And this has uh, revealed that the state will also call her close associates to testify against her. So this is in uh, uh, around uh, issues or accused of corruption, uh, money laundering, and uh, fraud? 100%. So, Dandile Gumete, you know, along with 21 other people, have been accused of 2,786 charges, and you rightfully put it that these charges include theft, money laundering, fraud, and contravening uh, contravening municipal uh, finance, sorry, the Municipal Finances Management Act, Mm. um, and, and you know, she she appeared in court today, and now we're told that you know the case has been adjourned to the 30th of November, uh, 2021, and the trial date is set for 18 July, 2022. Um, you know, the safe side uh, uh, is still effective, but um, we also know that um, she was going to run for um, uh, 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 to be chairperson of of of, of the ANC in the area. You know, it's almost like every day that we hear of a new story of officials using their positions to abuse their power and dish out corrupt tenders. In this particular case, there's about 320 million uh, waste tenders that was issued by the Etequini municipality back in 2017. You hear of this figure, 320 million, coming mm-hmm. from the previous story that we were talking about, students struggling to, to feed themselves mm-hmm get data, get their study material, have access to medicine, and it just paints a, a dire picture. 100%. It is just, it, it, it really sets a gloomy picture for, for young people when, you know, you look at the things that you don't have and to hear that they are kickbacks of 2.9 million, you know, and and and, and uh, officials are not being held to account, you know, for a case to, to have... I mean, this case has been pending since 2019. For it to go on for another year, um, um, you, you know, you ask yourself, what, 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 what are we 
what is the message that we're sending out to um, young people as well? Because they look at this and think, oh, okay, so if I do, if I commit a fraud, I can get away with it. Speaking to the media outside court, Gurmeda said that she would wait for the court to hear the matter and then she was saying that she's certain that she would be acquitted. Does that speak to what you say, that people feel they can get away with things and is it also an an element of arrogance? You know what, I think that this case is actually just so interesting because, you know, you know, the the saying that uh, one is innocent until proven guilty truly does apply to this case, you know, regardless of what um, is out there and what, uh, you know, society thinks. At the end of the day, the court, um, you know, will sit with the matter and only then will we know, um, um, you know, the outcome of the case. I mean, uh, Zandila Gumete uh, has defended herself saying that her actions were actually, you know, in support of economic transformation for black people. Um, she said she has come out to say that she actually wanted to get um, contracts or, 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 or for for black people to get um, um, allocated uh, uh, or for contracts to get allocated to them. She said that 20 um, out of uh, 100, the top 20 of 150 contracts that were allocated in the area belonged to white people, and she wanted to change that. So to be honest, um, only investigations and the court um, will, 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 will let us know uh, what the truth is. She's the Peter Pan then of Eteguini. 100%. You know what? I agree with that notion. Well, we know the case is postponed till November 30th, so that's a story then uh, to follow. Let's move on now to talking uh, priest Murake, who made a statement. Uh, so this statement was on Twitter, where the church leader of the Church of Jerusalem claims that viewers will go blind if they watch an SABC2 program called Litro La Sechaba, and that there's an evil spirit that has captured the SABC portal. So you know, he's warning people to stay away, uh, or otherwise they're going to go blind by watching it. The little last last chapter. Listen, Pastor Michael has Pastor Michael Sangana is his name. He basically said that the evil spirit has captured the SABC. It has captured the SABC too, and uh, it is it is captured by an evil spirit. And as you rightfully put it, that if we watch Lisa Lasitaba at half past eight, we will lose our eyesight. So naturally, what did we do? We went to watch Nicolas Echawa to test whether we will lose our uh-huh. eyesight. And what is it that he did not want us to see? So the story goes that um, his wife has come out to say that, you know, her, uh, uh, her husband has stolen her identity. He claimed um, to home affairs, to banks, um, etc., that she was dead. So um, and she and he has now um, attained all her assets. She has no money and she's running for her life. Basically, she is um, taking care of her child with barely no money. I mean, she can't access any resources whatsoever because, according to Home Affairs, according to banks, she is dead. And this is the wife of the priest. This, this is the wife of the priest, and you know, um, it just breaks my heart how. Um, she has been so victimized by the church, you know, and how the story actually came to light was um, the church have it has a, a Facebook uh, um, account. Mm-hmm. And so as she was scrolling uh, on her Facebook, she came across a post of her death certificate. 
So what a way to find out that you are actually not alive, you know? Um, And the couple is uh, now going through a divorce, but um, it is that victimization, you know, that that she's experiencing from the church, living on the run, living with uh, no resources, um, 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 that is, that is, you know, seemingly so problematic about about this matter. This speaks to this cult-like culture or cult-like mm-hmm. adoption of things or, or policies for certain churches where if you do decide to part from the ways that obviously she decided that this is not working for her. I mean, if we hear things like this coming from this priest, uh, she must have challenged that. And then you get ostracized to a point where you literally, your life gets destroyed. 100%. And I mean, um, for me, uh, when I think about this, I think, you know, for... Uh, for people to follow uh, uh, cults like this, it, it really comes from a place of desperation, uh, uh, a place of lack of hope, you know. And here is this man that is promising you the world, that wants you to worship him. And, and people fall for these things. I mean, we've heard of Pastor Bushiri, Pastor Mboro, you know, and, and, and people will fall for this, that if you drink petrol, you know, things will become okay in your life. This must be some sort of disorder. I mean, honestly, for for and also the pastor or the priest using a platform such as Twitter, he he does in his mind believe he's that powerful that he's going to go into an entire nation, an entire even southern uh, Africa region to say, "Don't uh, you know? Listen to me or what I'm saying." And it doesn't even make sense. One hundred percent. What I mean, what legal recourse should there be for these pastors and priests who do this? Exactly, and it even speaks to about you know the regulation of uh, of churches, you know, um, and and how they run, you know. Um, surely there there has to be uh, a way to protect people because if we go on this way, they really, you know, uh, uh, women and and children and and men are just going to suffer at the hands of priests who know that people are desperate. And I mean, speaking to uh, him, thinking about his power and. You know, the fact that he was able to access home affairs. I mean, this poor woman had her original ID with her. So, you know, which begs the question, how was he able to get through to banks, to get through to home affairs and prove that, um, or, 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 you know, what document did he use to prove that his wife was no more? Definitely the law should take its course. And, and it's also on another level of abuse that what they're doing to this woman. Absolutely. Maybe we're going to be tweeted about and saying, uh, don't listen to SFM. It's also got evil spirits because we're talking about it. So let's move on before he tweets about us. <laughs> Hashtag family meeting now. Uh, President Ramaphosa addressing the nation on COVID-19, new uh, restrictions and vaccinations. Main things are the curfew times have changed and also the times that alcohol will be on sale. Right. So uh, the curfew currently sits at 10 p.m. as of so as soon as he 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 made the announcement, he he announced that um, you know from the curfew would be from 10 p.m. until 4 4 a.m. Um, and then uh, restaurants and 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 outlets would need to close at 9 p.m. to allow their staff members uh, to travel. Um, and then in terms of alcohol, alcohol. Um, would only be offsite, will be sold offsite from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m., Monday to Thursday, and on-site uh, bars and, and, and taverns could uh, operate until 9 p.m. No public drinking is allowed. And lastly, in terms of gatherings, which have, um, you know, 
which are the driving force um, of, of spreading uh, coronavirus, um, uh, uh, people can only, um, you know, in, in a small venue, people can own uh, 50% capacity is allowed. And um, uh, indoors, people can... Sorry, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. So in indoors, uh, we can have a capacity of 50 people and outdoors, 100 people. So really changing, you know, even if you think about the entertainment industry, if you think about churches gathering together, um, they're really just going to have to uh, take these uh, changes into consideration, um, 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 you know, in light of the third wave and, and how severe um, of the health crisis we're in. Okay, and uh, I mean, this needed, something needed to happen because we know in Gauteng, especially cases are now 67% of the national figures and 114 more people dying as a result of COVID-19 just in this uh, 24-hour period. So something needed to to happen. True. And you know, to the president's point that um, it's unfortunate and it's something just so difficult to balance. If we act too soon, you know, our economy suffers, but also if we act too late, um, you know, we stand uh, 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 to lose a lot more lives. I mean, we're sitting at uh, uh, 7,500 daily infections with a 48% death rate, you know, and I, I think that is just so telling of how severe this case is. Uh, Gauteng, uh, the Gauteng province, Free State, Northwest, and the Northern Cape are said to be, you know, uh, uh, in the third wave. So you're right when you say um, something had to give and and and. Um, and I think level three will will serve us. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, well, we have a caller. It's on our topics that we've covered so far. So let's take that call. Uh, just stay with us, uh, Katlero. No problem. Hello, uh, hi, caller. Morning. Morning. How are you, anonymous? I'm good. And yourself? I'm good. Thanks. Your views or question? Right. Yes. So I just want to speak on the youth. Um, there was a gentleman who was speaking to when I tuned in. Um, with regards to the youth taking um, or being 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 exemplary or trying to be the youth of 1972, so basically what I think is I'm I'm actually as old as South Africa's democracy myself, so 27 years old. Mm-hmm. Just I just wanted to ask, maybe not really a question, but the people who were there in 1972, right? They probably don't know anything that's 27 years in today's world, in any case, that's established, right? Basically, if you look around, everyone who's under 27 is really just trying to find himself. I think he he mentioned something of that sort. Mm. But here's my point. Uh, uh, There's today's youth, uh, basically, we are going to take charge. We're not... We're not going to wait around or do anything. But let me me not speculate. I just want to get to the point here. Our youth, what we need to do is, with what we have, right, work with what we have already. If this government, today's government, before you go vote, has been blaming things on appetite days or years that we were not here, imagine what's going to happen to the next. So what I'm trying to say is we need to work with what we have. Mm-hmm. If you if you look around, everyone is complaining about the youth, the drugs, the this, the this, the youth is that, the youth unemployment. So the youth is still trying to maybe just find itself. So this this South Africa's democracy, we cannot try cheap change, cheap like changing jobs. We need to 
let's speak what we have. Yeah, I think that's my closing remark. All right, okay, so let's not focus what we have. on what's not there, but rather let's look at what we can do about changing the situation. Exactly. Uh, that, so, I, I like that positive outlook and, and that drive that, that there is. So the misconceptions uh, that you wish you would address about how young people are seen in South Africa, what are those? Misconception, the one is systematic. One is the, the employment issue. So um, I don't know, I'm not, I don't want to say you guys, but like adults sort of take employment as something that you go every morning so I think we need to change the misconception is there you don't have to be employed. If you have income, right, if you are able to sustain your, 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 your way of life, your habits, your joys, so on and so forth, then in that case, we shouldn't be uh, bombarded with it with unemployment, unemployment. If I'm able to, to get some sort of income, um, support the family, then I shouldn't be worried about being employed. So I think we should look into that because mm. that is also making a lot of people depressed because ah, I'm unemployed, but you have an income. So do you, do you get what I'm saying? So, yeah, so the alternative sources of income and not just looking at employment, but also looking at maybe business. And uh, I mean, now with the new era, we've got even things like esports. Everything is online and digitized. You can make money that way. Right. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. If you want to be practical about what I'm saying, but what I'm trying to say is systematically, People are, are, are like this whole thing of preaching depression and preaching unemployment. Most people are really not really unemployed, but they feel unemployed because we've been told unemployment, unemployment, whereas they are making a living with what they can. So that's what I'm really saying. That's the misconception. Most of us are unemployed systematically, but we are earning a living. We're able to, to go by. So that's what I'm saying. All right, great. As long as that uh, earning a living also does not infringe on another person's rights and does not fall into the category of crime. Thank you, Anonymous. Oh, for I, your oh call. illegal. Yes, 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 yes you're right. Thanks so much. Uh, Katlero, what's your you're views welcome. then also as a young person? What misconceptions do you wish you could address about how we see young people in the country? Sure. I think my biggest one is entitlement. You know, um, that issue of entitlement is literally just shoved uh, down young people's throats, you know, we're told that we're demanding, you know, we think things will happen overnight for us. And to be honest, if we look at um, industries that young people are, are, are using to, to, you know, um, to better themselves, the influencer industry, the uh, ama piano uh, 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 music genre, you know, um, I, I can think of um, many entrepreneurs who are actually even helping our economy, you know, by by employing young people um, in their in their personal capacities. And I'm talking uh, 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 private companies now. So, you know, for me, the biggest one is that uh, uh, young people are entitled. I I just want to say that young people are on the ground hustling, and you know, they're making it work for themselves. And I mean, whether that's a good thing or not is 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 relative. I, I think that they definitely need support. We definitely, in our small SMEs, we definitely need support from the government. We definitely need uh, support from our communities. So, yeah, young people are definitely not entitled. We are hustling just in different ways. So, we are, mm. so obviously, the uh, unemployment rates are really high. So, you know, we're looking to digital media. We're looking to uh, social media spaces, YouTubers. Our YouTubers I mean, I can name one, for example, Mishali, who has now been uh, recognized internationally, you know, and obviously that creates a, a little economy uh, 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 for young people to participate in. Mm.